Hey there. You got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million dollar pipeline challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Brad Herda, welcome back to Blue Collar BS. How you doing today? I am fantastic, Mr. Stephen Doyle, my favorite friend in Detroit, Michigan. Great you know hat. what? Great hat, by the way. Not you like that? Let's no, go blue. That's right. All day. Nope. All day. Nope. You know, and so today I, you should be the big. So obviously, this show is going to come up later in the year, but you it know, is. You should be the biggest Wisconsin fan of all time this weekend. I am as, huge. As we're, as we're going to Ohio State this weekend to, I don't know what. <laughs> you know, win. That's all we care about. Wisconsin winning right now. That is That's for sure. Hopeful. Not expected, <laughs> hey, any given Saturday, it's anybody's game. Anybody's that's, game. That's what college football is all about. Ask Appalachian State. Oh. <laughs> all right. Fine. So, this isn't Fine. a college football. This isn't a college football show, right? So, <laughs> right. Let's introduce our our, our <laughs> guest, Mr. Christopher Zuzek, who has been in the metal industries for a very, very long time. Uh, he and I happen to to have. Uh, kids in the same area. We've grown up. Uh, we live in the same community. Um, we've connected through different events. And ironically, we met and reconnected at a brewer game uh, that I was you know, working at. And he was in one of the right. suites. And we started chatting and having a conversation. Hey, Christopher, why don't you come on the show and share your experiences of what's happening in the metal industry with uh, the generational things? And he said, we, sure. We used, I'll to, we, used to, we, we used to bowl together, too. Yeah, I forgot about the bowling. Yes, I forgot about the uh, couples bowling league. Yes. If wow. You can call it that. I'm not really sure what it was, but it was bowling. So. <laughs> it was that. So, so, welcome, Christopher Zuzik, to uh, Blue Collar BS. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, welcome. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, first question before we get into our show is which generation do you most fit in with? Because we so, got Boomer Brad. We have Boomer Brad <clears throat> punching buttons before the show, yeah. messing up audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, whatever, millennial Steve. So, so sixty-five. <laughs> so I'm not really a boomer. I'm a, a Gen X, right? You uh, are. Uh, you are the first. The first year. You are the inaugural. The inaugural I am the. Year. I am the first year. So not a tweener, but I'm right there. So I'm a Gen <laughs> X guy. That's that is me. That is me. awesome. You are at the starting line. <clears throat> Very cool. Awesome. You are at the starting line of making sure those member only jackets were the best things ever. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, uh, a kid of the eighties, right? That that's yep. kind of how that works. That was the, yep. that was our, that was the greatest decade of ever of all time. If I recall, 
So, <laughs> right, uh, and, and yeah, you had your members only jacket, didn't you? And, M- MTV uh, members only jacket, parachute yeah. pants, you know, absolutely, all that good stuff. You're out on the dance floor kicking it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that me all right. <laughs> if, only, if only had smartphones back in the '80s, right? No, no, <laughs> that would be bad. Totally bad. Because sure. then your kids would have all that scoop on you. Yeah, they would. They could go back in time, and that, that would not be good. That would not Correct. be good. So, <laughs> so what's happening in uh, the metals manufacturing space from uh, industry recruiting, you know, retention, employment? You know, as you sit there in your in your chair today, kind of overseeing all that, what what are you yeah. seeing? Well, you know, I think it's well documented that there has been uh, challenges and um, there has to be a different paradigm with regards to workforce development. You know, I look at I look at companies today and they and they talk about the challenges of of wages, for example, you know, knowing that they have to be aggressive with their wages, you know, six, seven, eight percent. I always and there's, this is not a, by any means, a, um, a secret sauce, but I question those companies when they say, you know, we have to raise wages by six, 7%. Are they also looking at their training budgets and saying, what are we going to do for training? What are we going to do for, for, uh, increases in training? I mean, I, I think that's, if there's one thing, well, there's probably a lot of things I learned from coaching youth, youth sports, youth soccer, but you mm-hmm. cannot, you can't have a one size fits all approach for your workforce. And I, I sense sometimes that's what's missing. It's, mm-hmm. it's not a silver bullet, but you know, if, if you're going to be an aggressive company in wages, you better be an aggressive company with regards to your training and how much money you're going to spend on training. Because if you don't do that, then you're just throwing away money as far as I'm concerned. And and I think that part of the thing I've seen is, you talk to people who are coming into the workforce, and it doesn't make a difference to me if you are a boomer, if you're a millennial, Gen X, whatever. You need to understand as an employer what value you're going to bring to that employee so they can be sustainable in the workforce. And, that it's, is, more than just, it's, and it's more than just the W-2. Right. It, that is very has, refreshing to hear you say that because that has always that's, right. that's hard to find in leadership that mantra because we hear in the you know some of the uh, events that I go to. Well, why would we train all these people? Why would we invest in all this training when they're just going to leave anyhow? What if you don't invest in all the training? What's what's wrong with making the pool deeper and stronger as an entity? And being the organization that gave somebody that shot, and maybe they go off and try something different because the organization wasn't ready for them to grow. But a lot of times they end up finding their way back because they have that loyalty or that sense of purpose or that connection. And you lose out on that opportunity for them to, all right, you train them young, they go out, they find their opportunity, and then they come back later because they realize what, you know, the grass isn't always greener, it's just different grass. Well, in manufacturing, as, as we mm-hmm. all know, there's a lot of capital put into your business, right? In our yep. world, as a metal, a contract metal, metal, contract metal manufacturer, we have we have stamping presses, we have assembly machines, and we have regular maintenance on those 
on that, on that equipment because it's high cost. Yep. So yep. we need to take the same approach in our businesses as we do. And I don't want to equate a press to a person. I'm not suggesting that from an asset perspective. What I'm saying is that we invest prevent the maintenance and capital in our equipment. We need to be doing the same thing with our workforce. Those are just those those teammates of ours as assets, if you want to use that term, are just as mm -hmm. critical as that press. And we know the cost of downtime. Well, will your press run without people? Will your presses run without people? No, no, no. Right? no. So, I mean, so you could, we need you could argue people. that people, you could argue that people are even more valuable than the press because Correct. you can't run the press without the people. Correct. So if you don't take, you know, hiring and, and soliciting people to join your team, regardless of their function, is more than just, hey, here's your salary. What are we doing to take them to the next level? And, again, it goes back to what I was saying before when I was coaching um, uh, youth sports. I coached high school soccer, and I learned very early that um, it's important to explain to the team the overall goal, uh, the values, but you can't take a blanket approach to every player on the team. And your job as a coach or your job as a leader is to take a look at that roster of 22, 23 players in your team and really understand what drives each of that per each person. And how do I get the best out of that person? And what do I see in this player where they are today, where they could be and help them get there? Right. And each player is different and mm -hmm. very similar to the Gen X, Gen Z, millennials, boomers, is that you have freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors, right? So yeah. you have a freshman, <laughs> right? You got a freshman who um, is raring to go and 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 can get to, and and thinks they should be at this level, right? Because they're they're on they're on varsity, but they don't know where they don't know yet. So my job is to say it's a harness that talent and say, I understand where you want to go. I'm going to help you get there, and then find that tool to get there. Versus the senior who is matured, is thinking about the team, is thinking about their next chapter in school, and it maybe doesn't include youth sports or sports. Maybe they, they look back and say, this is my last hurrah as right. a teammate. And their mentality is a little bit different. Well, that's not any different than what we're doing today with the workforce. You know, uh, someone out of school that's ready to, you know, a, a millennial that wants to go at it versus a baby boomer that's saying, I have a lot of value in my background. I just want to be appreciated and so my job as a leader, or I think any any leader, as far as I'm concerned, is to understand those facets and say, here's how they get the best out of the millennial. Here's the best. This is what I need to do to get the best out of a baby boomer. It's not any different. At least that's the way I look at it. Expand on that a little bit more and give us a little more breath of what you're actually experiencing with the millennials versus maybe, or even your Gen Zs, your millennials versus like the Gen X and the boomers, like some, some examples for our listeners. I think the, the people that I've hired over the last several years have fallen to that category, millennials, and then the Gen X 
and Gen Z, not much on the baby boomers. Mm -hmm. So the, the millennials come in and what they're looking for is a path toward success. Okay. And going back to what Brad said before, I don't expect a millennial or any employee to spend 20 years. I, I just, I just don't expect that to happen. I mean, my first job, I was there for 12 years. Yeah, my, my first job, I was there for 12 years and I was considered, you know, a long-termer. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the first thing you have to recognize is that they're not going to be here forever. That, you know, there's no such thing as a pension anymore. So my job is, as that leader to say, okay, you're, you're coming to the organization. Here's where I think you can go and show them the path of success. Show them how we're going to invest in them to elevate their game. Show them that we're going to take the time to make them a better employee for our organization and in the long term, a better employee for another organization. But if we come in and, and, and don't have a, a kind of a, a it's more than onboarding guys. It's, 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 yeah, here's the onboarding, but then it's, here's stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, and here's your path. I can give them 20, 20% higher in salary. It doesn't make a difference. They're going to go on someplace else. Right. So you are, you have to make wow. an investment. That, that is awesome that you say that because that is one of the big things that I know I preach and Steve preaches is what's the path forward. Because if you don't know, you're not going to get an 18, 19 year old kid to come in an apprentice program and tell them in 25 years, you can be a master tool and die maker. Right. Just not going to happen. What's the three to five year plan. And as I've been doing some multi-generational uh, speaking as of late, you know, the Gen Z, I was very surprised. I found this report and Gen Z wants 20, what was it? 80% of the Gen Z's in the workforce have at least a one-year plan, and 25% have a five-year plan. Right. So those kids 25 years and younger know where they want to go and what they want to do. As an employer, particularly in a blue-collar world, being able to show them that path to achieve their goals and make that connection is, is priceless because right. that's what they're looking for, and the ones that give them that – that's who they're going to go work for, and they're going to be really, really loyal to. I mean, I have a, I have a, uh, I, you know, I have four kids. I have two sons. One is thirty-one. One is twenty-four, and you know they're both motivated. But the thirty-one-year-old is like, hey, you know, I'm here's where I got to go, right? And here's where I want to want to be. I want to be an organization that gives me those tools to be there. The twenty-four, twenty-four-year-old is saying, you know, I'm in the right. I'm kind of in the right industry, but maybe I can divert here. I can divert there. And so having those conversations with them, with the boys, with regards to their career path is you two different paths. I mean, and you so as, a, as an employer or as a team leader, again, I go back to my previous point is you got to find the time to figure out how do I get what, what's be empathetic, right? You got to have, you got to be able yep. to say, here's where we're going to go. And I, and I view myself as more of a, I'm not a command and control type leader. I'm more of that, you know, the, the leader that is more um, let's, let's figure out what's best for the business. And um, there's a term for that. It's escaping me right now. What that title, that leadership, servant, is. Servant leadership. Servant leadership. Yeah. And so, 
and I, but I'm also I'm also big on um, an EOS process, which is get it, want it, and have the the GWCs, right? I mean, that's the other thing I think we look at. I look at with my teammates, the guys that people that report to me. Obviously, we measure them on our core values, but I also sit down. Which and are them. on the spot? What are they? Uh, how much time do you have? I mean, no. <laughs> only three or four core values. <laughs> uh, basically, well-being, safety, product-oriented. Um, you know, and that was. I'll tell you what. The the, the that core value uh, process is is critical, especially when you start measuring people. But safety, core va- safety, um, wellness, um, respect, integrity, sense of urgency. Those are the main ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank and you then, for sharing those. Yeah, I always like putting people on the spot because you should, as a leader, you should know them. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then, so we measure, we measure our, our teammates on that. And then I measure them on, do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity? Uh, do we want to invest in them? Uh, and, and, and are they in the right seat on the bus? Right. And yep. so each person regardless if they're linear or Gen X, I go through that process with them. And again, it goes back to what I said before. You can't take a blanket approach to developing your team. You can't take a blanket approach to uh, building your team. You have to you have to be a little bit nimble, right? And so when I look at people, I say, do they get it? Do they want it? Do they have the capacity? They have the capacity. They want to take it to the next level. Then we should be finding ways to do that. And shame on us if we don't. Correct. Right. How are you seeing the different people that come in? How are, how are you seeing the disparity or the difference, not disparity, but the difference in how they define their path of success? Define their path of success. I think in some cases they don't know their path of success yet. Right. Um, and, and I think part of the process, I mean, we have some, some employees that come in and, you know, honestly, they're just looking for a stable job. Come in, do my job, get paid, go home. Right. And and when you look at them, you say, okay, well, they get it. They want it and they have the capacity. You know, are they at the lid? Are they going to go any further? Probably not. That's cool. Put them in that, put them in that bucket. Um, but I have, I have seen um, situations where we've brought in people and they, it, it's failed. And I think part of the issue it's failed there is because in their mindset, they're just thinking a salary dollar. They're making 18 yeah. bucks an hour, right? Yep. And honestly, I, you know, if you want to go work at $18 and work in a, in a, in a stamping facility, um, that's a lot different than making $19 working at quick, quick, quick trip. No offense to working at quick trip. It's just a different mentality, right? Yep. Quick so, trip right here. Yeah. So we don't sponsor the show yet, but maybe someday. <laughs> but you know, that's that's where I think we as leaders need to say, listen, this is this is where this job is gonna go and help them define that. And again, if their definition of success or their path is six to three and and I can get be home um and and do whatever they want to do on the sides. Great, that fits. Maybe that's that's a perfect situation. We understand expectations. I had a, I had a, a friend of mine came to me and said that he was hiring a, a position. It was a technical position, and twenty four year old came in, and he goes, "I 
I'm, I'm, uh, I want to join your company, but I can only start at nine o'clock in the morning and I have to be, I have to leave at three o'clock uh, every day, no overtime. And, and so I can't deviate from that. And my friend said, well, you're, we got to figure out how to make that work. I think that's a different approach versus sorry that you don't fit in the box. So therefore see you later. Right. Right. Yeah. So, that is, uh, did he hire him? He did. He did. Awesome. And he, and that is he had, fantastic. Yeah. And, yeah. and I give him a lot of credit because the culture of that company is, um, if you're not at your work center at six o'clock in the morning, you're not going to be successful. And again, there, he, here's a perfect example of us, of, of a leader saying, I have, I, and I, I don't think this is makes difference if this person is 24 or 35. This, this is their, no. this is their core issue. Their core issue is I have family. We need to be flexible. How do we become flexible? We have to find nimble, be nimble and find some ways around it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, and, and did COVID and all that, did that help? Like your organization reevaluate what flexibility and work life balance and and those things mean, even though you were probably deemed you know necessary workforce didn't have a lot of the mandatory shutdown activity potentially, but were you able to leverage that opportunity to to improve the working conditions or the environment or the morale moving forward? I think what COVID did for us it helped. Uh, emphasize the importance of communication hmm. and communication, not necessarily in the form of being in the room together or talking, but in the form of letting people know what was going on and utilizing um, video collaboration to keep everybody in the loop of what was happening. Cause we were deemed essential and you know, honestly, we were de- we you know we were uh, having an operation in Mexico created additional challenges um, during COVID because uh, on how right. government handled COVID down there versus how we handled it handled it in the United States uh, and how our customers mm-hmm. expected as essential to to take care of them and if, if the one thing there were several things that came from COVID I think improved one was again, the communication, but finding other ways to communicate and and keep our teammates uh, aware of what was going on. And at the same time, uh, our customers happy. Did did the communication process also elevate um, the communication of expectations as you went through that process, not just information, but expectations as well? I, I think it also not only improved expectations, but it provided additional clarity to our employees about what were some of the challenges we were dealing with. And it provided them better understanding of of how, I, w- I wouldn't say the inner workings of our business. I don't think that's entirely accurate, but it definitely provided a lot more clarity on what was going on on a day-to-day basis that sometimes was deemed out of mind, out of sight, right? And I think... Right. Um, whether it's a company dealing with, you know, the, the financing, the, the, uh, funding from the government or, you know, testing or, you know, how are we going to deal with Mexico when the government comes out and shuts them down and says, you're not going to work. So 
it, it, it provided a lot more clarity, I think, to everybody. Um, and again, I go back to the core values of our health and, and safety, right? I mean, I think people, um, no one took advantage of our situation of COVID where I think some other companies did. And we, we, we said here, you know, here's, here's what we needed to keep your health and safe, healthy and safe. If you don't feel healthy, you don't feel safe. Don't come to work. Um, right. And we'll help you through it. So knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to uh, the younger generations looking to hire into the blue collar space? You know, that's a, a fantastic question. And I would, that's what we I do would, here on blue collar BS. We're more like a journalistic type show, right? Hard hitting 60 minutes type program. It's, it's, I was going to compare it to 60 minutes. It's, you know, it's, well, Brad's questions are soft. Sunday, right? Sunday, Sunday evening after football next on next on 60 minutes. Followed um, by before big brother, right? Yeah. And then I guess a Christy, a Christy, you know, murder. She wrote, if I recall, growing up. we'll get, um, we'll get dubbed. We'll put on the wizard I, of Oz. I digress. Um, I, I think the what we've learned, what my advice to anyone coming into the workforce is challenge that person on the other side. Is you know it's it's a very um, uh, cliche type question, but where can I be in five years? Not where do you want to be in five years? Where can I be in five years? Mm-hmm. And I, I like think that. that. I like that a lot. And I think that's the. That's the onus that we as leaders need to to think about. And again, I go back to the coaching days. It's, you know, why do you want to be on this team for? And um, I want to better myself. I want to get a scholarship. I want to, you know, I'm excited about being on this team. Whatever that might be. And then say, okay, let's build upon that. Let's build around that and, and find a way to get you where you want to go. It's your choice. You know, I said this before, but. A teammate, if I think they can be here and I want to help them get there, it's up to them to do it, right? Right. It's So you got to have that earn my stripes mentality, but at the same time, I think you have to challenge the person on the other side is how do I get there? And, I mean, we've all heard stories about, you know, they expect the high wages and stuff like that. Well, again, I think there are some of those situations out there with employees, but I think if you took 100 of them and said, What's most important to you? Ninety-five percent. Well, ninety-five would say, "Listen, I just want to know how I can improve what I'm doing today, and help them elevate their game." And that's what we need to do as leaders. Correct. So, if there are individuals that are listening to this show locally, or even anywhere across the country, or Mexico, or wherever they might be, because we are a worldwide show, um, how would they get a yeah. hold of you to find opportunity, or to create a connection, or just to potentially? look for an opportunity to connect and uh, maybe get some of that awesome leadership you're offering. So I'm big on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn. There's not a lot of Chris Uzics on LinkedIn. So that's the best way. No, there aren't. (laughs) Best best way to reach me is LinkedIn. Um, I think it's one of the best venues for social type topics like we're talking about today. Um, I always find myself having that aha moment Sometimes when I read something or see something, I'm like, I never thought of that before. So um, I, the best way to reach me is LinkedIn. And um, okay. you, you connect, and if you connect, and um, I'll, I'll reach back out to you. And uh, it's, it's, 
it's kind of rewarding. I still have um, students who I taught who are now in the workforce who have, you know, over the years have reached out to me and connected via LinkedIn. And, and that is very rewarding when you see your uh, 14-year-old, 15-year-old player that was, you know, full of energy and now they're you know, <laughs> an executive someplace. It makes you feel old, but also makes you kind of proud too that they absolutely. Kind of so, yeah, but that, and the best way is LinkedIn. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for being on the show today, Christopher. I, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your busy schedule as I know you got a lot going on to, to share that uh, your wisdom and thoughts on the workforce and what's happening. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. You're doing a great service to the industry and keep on, keep on, keep on, I guess, as they say. <laughs> right, we appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue collar businesses strong for generations to come.